Good morning, everyone. This is Stephen Kwong, along with Natalise and Jess, Unlikely Journey. So I was talking to Jess earlier today, and she had mentioned that we should reflect upon some of the things that we've all done in the physical realm and how those activities transfer into discipline and how it has helped us with our careers professionally now. Jess, you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's really interesting to think about, um, you know, just like the, the type of discipline you get from from playing the sport. Like I was always very artsy and my parents had a rule. I always had to be on a team sport and I, I probably never would have chosen that for myself. But um, but looking back, I'm really glad that um, I'm glad they made me do that because um, I had. Yeah, I had to learn you know, how to, how to get along with people in different situations. Like we're on a team, you know, when like the heat gets cranked up, like you're kind of just in it. Um, and, you know, preach like things like, you know, we would do preseason training. I was like a pretty good soccer player in, um, in high school and I was on all these different teams like select and travel and blah, blah, blah. And, um, on varsity and they, um, we would, we would meet to train before preseason, um, because we knew how hard preseason was. And, and that wasn't, you know, our coach making us, train it was us realizing we didn't want to be in as much pain as we were going to be in if we just after a summer of doing nothing you know like tried to tried to like suffer through preseason um so we would literally meet in the park and run and, and not everybody like the starters and the people that I think did really well and I and I guess that's like you know, I mean interesting to ask you guys like because I think the other thing too is like it's great to be part of sports but I, it's also how you apply yourself I, I find that like how I applied myself then and how I apply myself now and push through that pain and a little bit of that foresight to get myself in like quote unquote fighting shape for things. Um, it's, it's, it's a mentality that I feel like definitely saves my ass in what I do now. I'd say, you know, I, I had a definitely like a different upbringing than you. Like my parents did not care if I did sports or not. Um, but you know, I think, um, I did join the the track team and, you know, I was doing dance and, you know, whatever. And I honestly, like there were times when I just hated it, but you know what it, what, what it taught me was that because sports is so um, like physical, like just physical activities, it's, it's so obvious, like where you fall <laughs> like in the ranking, right? Like it's harder to do that um, in things that are, are not so obvious, but I think for me, it was like, okay, like I'm not as, um, like I was a late bloomer. So like as a kid, I was just not as coordinated, um, as I am now. It's like, it's very strange that it, it happened that way. And like, I was just not good. And, um, and I knew that it, I, I had to work harder to get what people, you know, uh, got kind of right away. Um, and it taught me sort of like just hard work in like a different way. What about you, Steve? Yeah, my journey was um, unique in the sense that I've always been very active, coordinated. I remember being in kindergarten or the first grade, and I was like in love with Bruce Lee movies. So I would just like be able to do all these roundhouse kicks and straight kicks and jump kicks and all of these things. And then I got into um, BMX, flatland freestyling. Everything came really, really easy to me in terms of physical activities. But then in, um, when I was 12, I got Guillain-Barre syndrome and I was paralyzed for a number of years. And that pretty much changed everything. It wasn't until my junior year of high school where I was able to get back into anything that was 
more than just like walking. So my high school gym teacher, God bless her, she was really the one that got me into believing mind over body. So she taught me how to lift weights, join track, do all these things to really push the limits of what the body's capable of doing. So ever since then, I've really been using fitness, sports, um, competitive sports as an avenue to demonstrate to myself what the human potential can be. So I think about sports not only as a means to develop discipline, but also an outlook for what's possible in the universe. I love that, Steve. That's awesome. Super cool. They, um, you know, you guys got me thinking, like, I was into a podcast actually earlier this morning, and they were talking about, like, the Simone Biles, like, you know, like, issue with, like, you know, her, like, you know, citing mental health and, and needing to take a step back from, you know, competing. And, and it, it got into this interesting topic of, like, mental fitness versus, like, you know, say, like, mental illness or, you know, like, you know, having... Totally. Yeah. So it, it's, I, I feel like, I don't know, like, like Steve, like what you're describing sounds like mental fitness, right? Like where, like you had to figure out, like, I can't even imagine what you went through, like having to learn to walk again. And then where you are now, where it's like, you know, you have all, <laughs> if you guys don't follow Steve on social media, you should, because he's like vaulting himself up by his arms and making it look like he weighs like five pounds and that he's effortlessly like, you know, doing like pull-ups, chin-ups and all these different things. So like to come from where you came from, where you had to kind of relearn to walk and then, you know, doing that and having a series of gyms and all the kettlebell stuff, like, you know, like how do you, like, how do you guys feel about like this concept of like of mental fitness and like, you know, I mean, I guess Steve, you answered this question, but like Natalie's like for you, like, how do you, how do you feel that fitness like plays in, in general to like mental fitness, like physical activity? Well, it's interesting. Like uh, something that I was just thinking about this morning was um, how there was a, a guest speaker that came into a class at the GSB and he was, um, he's a CEO, um, you know, very successful, sold a company, et cetera, et cetera. But he was talking about mental fitness, right? And he's like, look, like you guys believe in trainers, right? Like that's an okay thing to do. Like that's a, that's something that's super acceptable. People pay a lot of money out of pocket for it, like whatever. He's like, so why, why don't we think about mental fitness the same way as we do physical fitness? And obviously this was um, a class, you know, uh, quite a few years ago before sort of COVID and everything and sort of mental health has sort of, you know, has, has trended up and, and I think has become more acceptable for sure. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I think this mental fitness aspect of our lives is equally important um, to maintain and, and to make sure we're, we're optimizing all the time. Right. And, and they're all related. It's like your physical, your physicality helps your mental, you know, your mental health, your mental health helps your physicality. Um, you know, just in, in terms of, of science-based health. Right. So, um, it's been, it's definitely been top of mind for me. Yeah. It's important to remember that the body and the mind are not siloed. I think most of us tend to believe that physical fitness is a conditioning practice to make the body really strong. But if you think about what actually happens when you're running or lifting weights or doing anything that's strenuous, the body is actually sending 
signals and chemicals back to the brain. So there's a bilateral means of communicating between the software and the hardware. And I think that's really important to understand. So for me, mental fitness and physical fitness are two components of a whole. They're not separated. Um, in other words, you can't really have, in my opinion, true mental fitness if you're not physically fit and then vice versa. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely on board with sort of this holistic view, right? I mean, even in what we do at Parallel when we're thinking about the microbiome, right? We deal with the skin microbiome, but certainly, you know, we're we're always, you know, kind of in tune with what's happening in the gut microbiome. And now there's research, you know, that, and Steve, you may have read this as well, um, and Jess too, but, you know, essentially your your gut microbiome, when it's it's producing, you know, bacteria that shouldn't be there, it's affecting, it can literally affect the health of your brain and hence your mental health. And there is a connection between your gut microbiome and your, your mental health. And so, and your gut microbiome, right, is affected by your diet. Um, so that's another component that we haven't yet touched on, but then also your physicality and, and, you know, um, what you're, you're doing to, um, to keep your body healthy, as you said, you know, the hardware. Yeah. They say your gut is your second brain. Yeah. And I think it also like, you know, like, like bringing up all of that as well. It's like, I think that athleticism is an easier maybe entree into this because like, you know, I'm going to play a soccer game tonight. Like if I don't plan out eating enough or drinking enough water before I go play, I'm going to, I mean, I'll feel it. Right. And, you know, I think it's the same thing, like waking up in the morning and knowing you have like a really busy day with meetings and like, you know, like, how do you feel your body? Like, do you, you know, like, do you take vitamins? Do you have coffee? Like for me, it's matcha. Like, I think that there's this element of conditioning that's like, I think having the mentality of that somewhat of a sports background, for me at least has made it a little bit easier to kind of understand that like, yeah, all of it is kind of conditioning your mind and also like adapting these healthy habits that like help you like if I eat the wrong thing by four or five o'clock, I'm exhausted. And I know most people are probably tired by four or five after work, but I'm like usually good to go until about like seven or eight on a pretty long day. If, if I wake up and do the right things and, you know, have protein at certain times of the day, like, I mean, how do you guys look at your days in terms of that type of stuff? I'm a little bit less sensitive to, to the food regimen. I guess I'm blessed because of that. I know a lot of my friends are um, just similar to what you've described, um, which is they have to be very regimented with their dietary intake. Otherwise, they'll crash. Again, I'm fortunate I don't really fall into that category. However, I tend to do something a little bit different where I, I'm like overly optimistic. So like when I'm in the game or when I'm doing my workouts, oftentimes I will push the threshold a little bit more than where it should be. And then I end up paying the price later. So for me, it's about dialing it down. And again, the food thing, I suppose you're right. I can maybe optimize that a little bit more and, and get better results. But for sure, the sticking point for me is like, I got to make sure that my brain doesn't believe it can push the body to do something that it shouldn't do. Oh, that's interesting. So you've almost like went the other way. <laughs> like you're, you've gotten so good at it um, that you got to dial it down. But you know what, Steve, it's funny because I, um, it's like, 
you know, so I played a little bit of sports. I was on the track team, like whatever. And, um, but I wasn't like ever super competitive with sports. Like I, I didn't have like the fire that some people have like around sports. I didn't actually get that until I started training with you. And that was like later in my life, right? It was after high school. Um, And when I trained with you guys at the ice chamber, I mean, like you guys pushed us hard. And I remember it's funny because I I mean, I know you in that context as well, like as this and like, um, I just I, I my um, what stays with me about you is that you are so like mind over matter, because that's what you pre like you you practice it and you preach it. Um, And like, I like, I don't think I've ever worked harder in my life, like than at ice chamber, like, physically. (laughs) Yeah, I, re- I remember those days. It was great. But hey, Natalie, it wasn't just you. I saw it in your mom too. You know, I don't know if you guys know that. So Natalie would come and her mom would come. And Natalie, your mom, she was incredible. Talk about mind over matter, right? If you see Natalie's mom, you're like, there's no way that this woman is going to be doing all this stuff. But yeah, she she does it. And she, again, that's a perfect example of how like you can't really judge a book by its cover, right? The mind is so powerful. If Inject it with the right type of stimulus, we can do anything. I really believe that. You know, the human body is still evolving. As a human species, where we are today is much different than where we were, say, a thousand years ago or even 500 years ago. You know, yeah, it's, it's true. Sure. Well, think about the five minute mile. Remember, like, you know, hundreds of years ago, that was almost impossible. But people were like, that's nothing. You know, like a high school track athlete can do that now, right? Yeah. No, I think about it all the time, like about how we're constantly pushing boundaries and like the next generation of people, the next generation of players, even like year to year, they're like constantly pushing boundaries. And we're like, you know, what is what was fast like 20 years ago is like nothing like now, you know, and that totally. that I think carries over like in all sports. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, will we ever hit? like a limit or will we just continue to evolve and maybe the answer is that we just continue to evolve i think we're going to continue to evolve because what happens is that communities look at social norms and social norms then become the baseline of what you want to overcome so again if you think about the five minute mile you know, I don't know, 200 years ago, that was like, holy shit, that's really, really fast. Today, it's just so common. If you're a competitive high school athlete, you're just like, nah, I'm going to go four minutes, three thirty, whatever the number may be. There's going to be a kid out there that says it's possible. There's a cliche. There's like a meme out there, I think, that shows the word impossible. And if you break it in half, right, into two words, it says I'm possible. So it depends on how you're looking at the situation. I mean, I can say this across all sports, the 100 meter sprint baseline reference time for like national record is many times better than the world record 100 years ago. For example, look at basketball players. I mean, my God, the the physicality that these players are exhibiting now versus what was happening in the 60s. Huge. Gymnastics. Look Look at the levels of difficulties now just to make it to nationals versus what they were grading gymnasts on in the Olympics in, say, like the 60s. Huge. So I think as a human species, we're so adaptive that we're going to continue to evolve. Now, what we're going to look like 
<laughs> as a species, like physically, that's going to be trippy because I think in order to adapt to some of these new records, the body's going to have to change drastically. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I was just thinking about like how, you know, this is a totally different topic, but people, <laughs> how people think that, you know, we're just going to be like half half robots, half humans at some point. Oh, that's that's a trip. That's Over interesting. Nano bionic <laughs> nanotechnology. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Again, that could be the norm of the future where like high level athletes are hybrids, right? Half nano, half, you know, like the what was that movie? Uh, the Terminator. Remember those? Uh, the different the different versions of the Terminators. Yeah, but you know, not even far not even far off. If you look at what they're doing with like gene splicing and stem cell stuff, with like helping to like you know reinject your cells back into like you know say a knee that needs help or you know that, that needs repairing. Like I think like that stuff. I mean, the the yes, the bionic stuff is going to be coming, but also this genetic this idea of genetic enhancements. I don't think and we're already seeing it. What do you guys think about individual sports versus group sports in terms of competitiveness? Do you guys see a difference between the two? I have some thoughts around that, but I'd love to hear yours first. Yeah, I mean, I think individual sports is it's a mental game, like you said. Like you are competing against yourself. Only you can like, you know, push you, you know, push you over. Um, I think with group sports it's like a company, right? Like I liken it to like a company, like you have a role, people are depending on you, you have to play your role well, and you have to be able to communicate with your team. Um, I don't know. That's how I think about it. I, I don't have as much experience with, with group sports. I kind of wish I had, because I think it would have taught me a lot about, you know, about being in a company too. Yeah, I agree with that. What, I think is really valuable in individual sports is that excuses are removed, right? So you can't say like, so-and-so didn't pass the ball. No, you're by yourself. You're like running, you know, unless lightning strikes and hits you, there are very little excuses or no excuses. So I think there's something to be said about that. What I've seen happen in group sports is that, you know, for what it's worth, people bitch about each other. So and so didn't do this. You know, they should this should have happened. I've I don't think I've ever done team sports. Most of my sports have been individual sports. So so yeah, I can't I can't speak from from the perspective of a comparative study because I I I don't think I've done group sports before. But um just what what are your thoughts? Well, I was going to say too like about like the bitching about each other. It's like you kind of like it's like that happens anytime you have more than one person in a room, right? Like you put two people in a car and they, you know, disagree on directions or shortcuts. Like, um, I don't know. I, I personally, like I've done solo sports before. Like I played golf. I've, I mean, I've definitely more competitively. I know mean, I did martial arts growing up, you know, like that's like, you know, we did, I was part of some groups where we did flipping and sparring, but for the most part it was, you know, like that's a solo sport, you know, like you learn your moves and, you know, like your forms and, um, versus like, you know, soccer, which I still play. Um, I don't know, personally, I feel like I get pushed harder when I play a team sport. Um, because, uh, I, 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 in a similar way where you're like, there's no excuses. If it's just yourself, like you're really being like, you also can't set the pace. Right. So you're on a field and someone kicks the ball. Like you have, you know, I mean, it's all excuses aside. Like it's not all, you're just being pushed. You're constantly being stretched with your own limit um, to like, 
you know, lead the team or to at least not be the weakest link in the team. Um, and, you know, I, th- I guess it depends on the type of team sport, but like in a game like soccer that I play, like, you know, you know, when someone's like needs to get called out or, you know, a ball's going to a certain side or like, or sometimes, you know, you, you cover, you cover for someone else. You see someone's limping a little bit of their hurt and like, you know, you find it in you to sprint a little faster and, and cover that ball for them. Or, you know, I don't know. It, it, it kind of like, at least for me, it takes me out of myself. Um, you know, when I'm on the field, like I'm not, I'm not thinking, you know, I'm showing up and I want to be the best I can be. We want to, of course, win the game, but, um, but there's like almost like a little bit of a higher calling because you're part of a group that, you know, everyone on that field should be ideally at, at best. It's a little different with rec, but at, at best you're on that field and everyone should be playing full out. What great insight. I really appreciate that because now I'm thinking about military warfare as a sport. Absolutely can do it solo, but for the most part, winning battles and overcoming the war is about that team mentality. So thank you for raising that perspective, Jess. That's really good. Well, yeah. And I think also like the interesting thing is like, you don't have to get along with everybody to do the thing you're there to do. Right. So like, I don't have to be best friends with everyone on my team for us to be a good soccer team. You know, we just have to like respect each other on the field and we have to Mm -hmm. know each other's strengths and weaknesses. And it's not, we can win every game and still not be best friends off the field. No, you're right. You're totally right. It's that mutual respect. Well, let me ask both of you guys this question. How has your experience in sports, or let's just call it competitive fitness to an extent, helped you, or maybe it hasn't helped you with your career path? Mm, I think it, for me, I think it's helped me, it's helped me run teams a little better. It's helped me. um, um, How so? Well, you just like, it's like kind of what I just mentioned, like, you know, you kind of have to look at everyone, everyone's strengths and weaknesses, right? And, you know, if there's a goal, you kind of, I think about it like a field. I think about it like soccer players, like, you know, what's your personality? Are you a striker? Are you defense? Are you like, you learn to kind of really quickly understand someone's personality and aptitude. And I definitely feel like that's one of my strengths in what I do, like whether I'm, you know, in, in the company where I'm running my own teams or like when a creative project pops up and I'm hiring people, like, I feel like one of my spidey strengths is kind of looking for, you know, people's interests and aptitude and, and being able to kind of coordinate people on, on that level. Um, and then on a physical, you know, in a physical way, like I think just learning to be uncomfortable and okay with feeling uncomfortable and pushing myself and my physical limits. I think that it helps. Like if I wake up and I'm stressed or I have anxiety, like it's nice to like know that if I work out, you know, it, I, I don't know, having that, that thing to kind of like get a little bit of tension out, like, you know, it's contrary action. Like I might just want to sit down and start working right away, but I realize if I, you know, do jumping jacks and run around the block, like that I'm going to have, you know, a different mindset just from moving my body and being active. Yeah. I mean, sports, I think has kept me humble, you know, like I, you know, I graduated at the top of my class in high school. Like I was really like, you know, for better or worse, like really, really pushed myself on the academic side. Um, and there was a lot of stress there. And then the the sports was just something that I tried and I did. And it kept me humble because I was not good at it. <laughs> and and it made me work hard. Um, and I knew what it was like to be like, you know, kind of at the bottom of the totem pole, like when it came to like ranking. So it's like, okay, if I want to, if I want to get better, like I got to push myself, I got to do this. I got to put in time. Um, I have to think differently about this. I have to reset my expectations. 
Um, and so I think for me, it was sort of, it was good in that, um, you know, it just made me work um, in a different way than I was used to uh, on something that didn't come as easily. Um, and then I think just from a mental health perspective, you know, now it's like, I go on runs and I go on walks and I, I try to, you know, and, and dance and all of that. Like when I, I mean now, like when I go into a dance class, it's like, I'm definitely not the best dancer in the room, but I love it. It, you know, and I put in the time it. And so, um, and at the end of the day, it keeps me balanced um, just from a mental health perspective. I like to learn a little bit more about what you guys are doing as a regimen. What's your weekly regimen, Jess, for physical fitness? Um, you know, I, uh, things are about to get better for me because the leagues just started up and I'm, it's really hard for me to work out by myself unless someone's screaming at me or there's a ball or there's like a reason for me to be like playing full out like that, at least with like, you know, sports. So I'm working out. Um, but you know, I have this thing where I do like at least seven minutes every day and I know it sounds like nothing, but it's like, you know, it's just high intensity stuff where I put on a, you know, a minute and I do jumping jacks really fast or I'll do squats or knee lifts and, um, you know, like planks and things like that. And, um, so that's like my daily. And then I hike a couple mornings a week. Um, I meet up with people and I bring my dog out and it's great to just get some fresh air and exercise and a little perspective and be social with some friends. Um, and then, yeah, now that the leagues are starting back up, I'll be playing soccer a couple of days a week, but I always wake up and try to do at least seven minutes of something um, just when I first wake up, like stretch and jumping jacks and get my body moving. Um, and then I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll alternating right now between the sports and hiking and, and things like that. What about you guys? Well, before we go to me or Natalie's, I know recently you've purchased, uh, like a VR set to do. Oh yeah. I forgot. <laughs> virtual gaming. You, yes, I did. Do you still, do you still do that? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, thanks for reminding me. Yeah. I, I just realized I was watching on Netflix at night. I live alone. So, you know, me and my dog would just like curl up on the couch and I was never like a couch potato in my life for evenings. I was usually out and about. So yeah, I bought the Oculus and um, I've been playing Beat Saber. And then I just bought this weekend, I bought like a ping pong game and I bought, um, uh, what's the other one? This like, it's like a racket tennis cyber thing. And yeah, it's fun. Like that. If I'm restless at night, I try to play that because it takes me into a little bit of a, another planet. And again, I'm like, I get to zone out, but I'm not zoning out on a couch, you know, kind of half paying attention while I'm checking my email. So it like gives me a little bit of that immersive quality that I think I really appreciate, you know, when I'm like playing, you know, sport. So yeah, thank you for reminding me. The That's awesome. I've really been enjoying <laughs> that. <laughs> That's what I'm doing at night, you guys. By myself playing with robots. <laughs> I love it. Natalie, are you into the VR fitness thing as well? You know, I haven't. So obviously Shane, my husband, he works in VR. And so he does it um, just because, you know, he it's it's part of, you know, what he should do. Um, and so it's funny because I'll walk in and he'll be working out like doing VR. And I just I just kind of smile and <laughs> close the door. <laughs> like, I just think it's funny. Um, no, I haven't done the VR thing. Um, I... Um, you know, for me, especially during COVID, it's just, I, I want to be outside as much as possible. So I'll do an hour hike or walk in hills, um, or I'll run um, every day for at least anywhere from, you know, 40 to 60 minutes. Um, seven days a week? 
Yeah, wow. usually. I mean, maybe I'll skip a day if I'm really, really busy, but that, you know, um, and that does happen like once in a while, but, um, but yeah, usually I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to keep that going. Even when Shane and I were traveling, um, and we were, you know, during, during COVID we were, you know, we quarantined for, you know, a couple of weeks in like Bend, Oregon, and we still, you know, we did the walks every day. Um, um, I haven't danced as much, which makes me super sad. Um, but it's just not the same. Like dance class is so much more energetic and, and so much more fun than, you know, dancing by yourself. <laughs> like, right. um, and so I haven't, I haven't done that, but I hope to get back to that if, if we can ever get out of this craziness that is COVID. <laughs> yeah. When we get out of it, let me know about your dance classes. Cause I'll, I'll come join you. Oh yeah, that'd yeah. be amazing. That'd be that'd be. <laughs> I mean, in the meantime, at least you could dance with robots. That's kind of <laughs> that's true. yeah. You know, I yeah. have played that dance saber. What is mm-hmm. it? The saber one on VR. Like Beat that saber. Beat Beat saber. saber. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they have that's dance true. ones where you mimic. I mean, they don't for the Oculus at home. It's it's really intuitive. The handheld things you have, like the like, you can make fists and you can pick things up with your foot, see like your fingers. Like they just haven't like done the thing that you know, like like when we did Shane's demonstration, they had like also like the foot. I don't. It's kind mm-hmm. of interesting. They haven't integrated that yet. Like it should just be easy to like tie something around your shoe um, yeah. or your ankle. But um, so that's where I think with the dance stuff, it's probably a little tricky. But you know, mm-hmm. yeah, they have some programs where you can you know bounce around and. <laughs> <laughs> Have some robot yeah. friends like me. <laughs> How about you, Steve? Well, I have four um, options that I do on a weekly basis. The first one is to run anywhere between two to six miles um, several times a week. That's option one. The second one is to go to a public park and practice my pull-up skills. So a lot of calisthenics. Um, The third one is to set a timer in my house for 20 minutes and just do as many burpees as I can. And then the fourth one- 20 minutes? Holy shit. Yeah, I just set the clock for 20 minutes. I mean, I don't go, I don't go crazy, but I just, I just keep going until- 20 until the timer stops um the, the timer beeps and then i stop yeah it's um it's it's actually you know it's it's actually more manageable than you think you just don't like try to kill yourself in the first minute you just find your pace now um, i think about it as running uphill as long as like there's momentum and there's no inertia you're, you're going to be okay and then the last one i just bought myself a set of portable dip bars so i've been using those um at home and those are fun because you can do like inverted body rows, you can do dips, you can do L-sits, all kinds of stuff. So those are my four options. I haven't used kettlebells in a long time, although I did get, you know, a little bit tipsy in Vegas after dinner and decided to like snatch a bunch of kettlebells. And that was really fun. But, <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it's uh, mostly body weight stuff and, and running. And I'll tell you, I really am enjoying the simplicity of that not having to worry about having different dumbbells or kettlebells or weights or instruments or implements. It's just me, my body, and the environment. So, And I try to keep that up a minimum four times a week. If I'm lucky, I can do like five or six, but usually four is enough. And I, you know what, Steve, that's, that's something that I always remembered from, from Ice Chamber when you would talk about sort of doing body weight stuff. And because I've had to travel so much, 
like in my adult life. I mean, I would work out in hotels in my hotel room and have an amazing workout just doing body weight stuff. Oh yeah, I think body weight stuff is is underrated, right? You know, just a simple push up. People don't realize that the push up is a full body exercise. It's not just the upper body. If you do a push up right, your psoas muscles are activated, your glutes are activated, your quads are activated. Um, so much core strength is involved in doing a proper push up. And then, not to mention, if you are doing push ups at a a good rate, then there's also uh, tons of cardiovascular effect as well. So. That's one example. Yeah, I can go on and on, but and, you know, this conversation can go on for hours. But we have reached our limit this morning. I hope you guys have enjoyed our discussion on fitness and how that leads to discipline and mental health as well. We're gonna sign out right now. Stephen Kwong here with Natalie and Jess. As always, wishing you guys a beautiful day and peace. <laughs>